0: Reciprocity. Many of us understand the impacts of our way of life on the world. We're changing our ways to shrink our ecological footprint. We're reducing, recycling, and reusing resources. Maybe we're cultivating some homegrown fruit and veggies to reduce the impacts of unsustainable farming. Or maybe we're harvesting solar power and water from our rooftops to reduce carbon emissions and the demand for scarce water. Individually, these actions are making a small and positive difference, and they're being replicated on a larger scale by mindful corporations and investment funds that support clean capitalism. The emergence of national and international emissions trading schemes is another hopeful sign that we're moving to ways that harmonize with nature and sustainability. But our collective lives have already damaged Earth's ecosphere and biosphere in ways that can't be undone in our lifetime. The harm we've done since the dawning of the industrial age is baked in and the effects of the way that 7.3 billion people live now will reverberate for decades, if not centuries. This trajectory underlines the common sense of living in harmony with nature and the tenets of sustainable development. It also highlights the wisdom of old ways rooted in an understanding of reciprocity and the attitudes of esteem and gratitude that informed our old hunting and gathering practices. These old ways taught people that they were made of the same stuff as the world and its inhabitants, namely earth and wind and fire and water. During those times, people understood that their way of life and their true nature as humans were identical to the plants and the animals and the greater world. Their law said the world needs you for its continuance and one of your responsibilities is to care for the world just as it cares for you and the community. Here's an excerpt from The Wisdom of the Giveaway guide to growing Native American philanthropy. Let there be no purpose in giving save reciprocity. For to a people whose spirituality lies within life's wholeness, who share the gifts of the sky and the mountains and the seas and the forests, who exchange abundance in the circle of animal brethren, giving is not a matter of pure altruism and benevolence but a mutual responsibility to make the world a better place. Let there be no purpose in receiving save reciprocity. For a society whose belief in humanity lies within the interdependence of people who hold to the deeply universal good of community values and where children are the generation of our people, giving is seen in the entirety of receiving. Let the reciprocity of giving lie in a deepening of the circle of life. For as with life, where the root needs to receive in order for the plant to give fruit, it can be seen that in the honour of giving, as in the honour of receiving, good is only realised by the contributions of both. These days our individual needs often trump the needs of the community. If an individual can afford to have his needs met, he does. And to hell with the rest of us. And as we know, the ecological costs of doing business this way are catastrophic. So living mindfully in our day and age means understanding the mounting debt we're passing to future generations. For those of us who know this, it means living the lunacy of taking more than we can ever repay. This should also embolden us to craft a wisdom from being moved or broken-hearted by what we're doing. By which I mean becoming more responsible for our actions instead of succumbing to the seduction of being otherwise. Stephen Jenkinson has written that small-scale cultures tend to be more willing to consider what human comfort costs the world. He says, This old calculation of need weighs the accumulation of a kind of obligation to the world accrued by those who pursue it, the kind of obligation bequeathed to coming generations. When the hole left by trying to meet that need is deeper and wider than people's ability to begin to fill it through their way of living and worshipping and loving, then the balances tip and the obligation is not something people can deliver on when that unlived debt, perhaps unlivable debt, is about to be passed on to their children's children, then what is being pursued is no longer deemed need. It's too expensive, and anything that expensive is not in the realm of human need. In truth, our needs are small compared to what the world needs from us but we are so indebted that almost nothing we do can make a dent in what we owe. But this doesn't mean all is lost. If we can return to an attitude of service to the world, we can be the authors of wiser and more instructive legacies and memories to accompany our life and our death.